Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under-earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. I am joined today by my friend, Mish Grixty, who lives in Tasmania at the bottom of the world. I just think that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) She is a copywriter, kind of copywriter coach, and she works with other life coaches to help them find their best fit clients and to help their best fit clients say yes to the offers that they are offering. And she's also helped me to write sales pages and to write emails to my clients. So likely you've read an email that she has helped me to craft so that I can speak to you even better. And she is going to be working with my July group of coaching clients to help them speak better to their best fit clients. So Mish, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So tell me this idea of having a best fit client and what that means and why understanding that, like, why is that important? I always think of a best fit client as the person who is best suited to receive like the most value from your gifts and genius and brilliance. So there's this, you know, beautiful match where the things that you offer and the value or the services that you offer are exactly what your best fit client is looking for, even if they're not necessarily walking around thinking like, oh, I really need an MFR therapist, but they want the results that you offer that. And that value of those results is the perfect match for them. So that's how I think of it. Yeah. And so as the MFR practitioner, really understanding the results that you offer to people and being like open about it and talking about it a lot and speaking in those terms, That makes it easier for that person to walk around, not necessarily knowing that they need MFR, but they want the results that are being offered. So then when the two paths collide, then they're like, ding, 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 we have a match. And I can't help but buy that. And the other part of the, the best fit client idea is that, you know, who you are, like as a therapist, the the kind of people you get along with, that stuff is important too, because that's where we get so much of our satisfaction from our work, right? Like it's not just helping people get results, but people who we who we connect with in more of a meaningful way than other people like i think that's an important part of the equation too i think when you and i were kind of going over the things that you helped me with one of the things we came up with was like how can we make this more heathery instead yes. of like more professional right because i think yeah. sometimes the error is to tend to come across sounding professional or sounding a certain canned way to help people feel more comfortable And we end up taking ourselves out of it. So like, for Mm. instance, some of the emails I sent out, like the most opened ones were the ones where like, I just didn't even think about it, just came up with the subject line. Some of them had swear words in them. (laughs) And like, it was just very much me. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Because that's what gives 
that's what gives people something real and human to connect with. And when we're out in the world making decisions and considering making changes or shifts in our life or getting help or support with something or improving a medical condition we have or something like that, it's we're not just these purely logical robots. Like we are these human beings who want to connect with other people and feel really safe and confident. And connection is such an important part of that as well. Yeah. That's one of the most fun aspects I think of like working with you, working with like coming at communicating with clients from that angle where you are being a human and you are being as much yourself as you can be to attract other humans that like you just for being who you are. You don't have to come across in a certain way in order for them to like you. That's it. Because it's so so counterintuitive, isn't it? Yeah, it's uncomfortable as fuck too. Like it's just... (laughs) Because you spent like all this time internalizing these messages that professional, quote unquote, professional looks a particular way or sounds a particular way, but that's not actually helpful. And what you might even notice these days is this shift towards companies and big brands actually trying to be more conversational or or be more human. And that's why you see big companies like Nike, for example, do so much celebrity endorsement because, you know, having that human face gives this otherwise like very kind of corporate brand something for humans to connect with and to relate to and to feel that connection to. Man, there's so much psychology that goes into getting people to buy from us and all of those things. Okay. So what do you think about this? I'll just pick your brain. So many clients come to me and we, you know, we get their websites going, we get all of like the basics set up in their business, but then it goes to selling MFR. And the Mm. number one hesitation is they don't want to come across as salesy. Is that even a thing? Or like, what would you say to that? That's so interesting. I guess I have two thoughts about it. Number one, this idea that, I mean, it it shows you that your brain is telling you that selling is bad or Mm -hmm. morally dubious or something like that. The second thing I think of, which is if you're thinking something is, is salesy or negative, then it's because you're centering you as the person who's offering it instead of centering the person who stands to gain something from your offer. So to kind of make that more real and tangible, mm-hmm. like if you're thinking about, okay, if I sell this package or this session to this person, then I get this money. So you're putting yourself in what you stand to gain. Like, of course, that's what our brain does by default. Mm-hmm. But going to that effort to actually shift your brain and shift your mindset into thinking about, what does this person who I care for, right? Like I'm speaking to this best fit client, like this person who I relate to or connect with on, you know, more than any other of the 7 billion people out in the, out in the universe. What do they stand to gain? What's the value that they can receive from saying yes to this? And by actually centering them and putting yourself in their position and empathizing with them and their life and their experience enough I mean, when you think of sales in that way, then I just think it's such a different thing too. It's totally different feeling. Like I think even saying the word salesy sounds so just gross and sweaty. And like, I'm like, I'm just thinking of like a used car salesman, like, you know, high pressure. Yeah. And then when you think about centering the client and like really focusing on the benefit to them, and not the benefit, mm. like, yes, you're going to get X amount per session or whatever yeah. into your bank account. Yep. That's the side effect of you doing the work to help them get to their goal of 
pain-free active lifestyle. So that feels so much better. And I think it's like we were saying earlier, it's kind of opposite of how we tend to think about things. So it does feel uncomfortable and it's, you have to really practice putting yourself in that space of centering someone other than yourself. It's totally natural if you realize that your brain's default is to not do that. Like my brain's default still isn't to do that. And I've been Mm -hmm. writing copy and practicing that way of thinking of like centering my clients or if I'm writing for someone, which I I don't do as much these days and centering my clients' clients, then you're rewiring those neural pathways and does feel unnatural and uncomfortable and is also so powerful and effective when you do take that time to start thinking that way. And it's not even that hard, actually. I know like the first time I met you, you came in and you did a training, probably similar to the training you're going to give to my clients, which I'm so excited about. They're so lucky. (laughs) And you came in and you just like taught us this totally different way of thinking about how you talk to clients and, you know, you talk about it in like the problems that you're solving and the the results that they're going to get. It had really not ever occurred to me to do that. And so Mm. I spent so much time, like more like convincing people of why they would want to work with me versus like, what are the benefits to working with me? Like, what do you get from working with me? The the intangibles and the tangible things and starting to really think about all of the things that people do get from the experience. Yeah. And I love how you shared that because it's so natural to, yeah, of course, to think that we're a big part of the client's decision-making. And that is true from everything we just talked about, like that best fit client and people connecting with humans and all of that. But then when it comes to actually communicating and articulating and like going into bat for your services or your offer or MFR or, or that package or whatever it is, such a relief to actually kind of take yourself out of the equation and to think of it just between like your best fit client and your offer, which in this case, you know, is probably going to be MFR sessions or, or that package or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's such a relief to almost take myself out of the equation. And it's like, it's not about me. It's not about me being a special unicorn. It's about you getting what you want and getting what you need from this offer or service that I can offer you. So, And then you also teach people how to overcome objections even like without having to speak with you in person necessarily. So that was one of the huge benefits that I reaped from working with you over the last few months. And during my last launch of my last group coaching program, typically before I would have a one-on-one session with every single client that ever hired me. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is very similar to people in their MFR businesses. So a lot of people have it set up where someone has to call them ahead of time and Mm -hmm. talk to them before they ever schedule, which I don't recommend. Like I recommend having online scheduling and just like allowing your written information and your scheduler to be open so people can make that decision and get right in and not have to be filtered through a phone call to see if if it's a good fit. Like have them pay you money to see if it's a good fit. So previously I would go through this hour-long consultation call with people and then they would decide if they're going to join my group program. So this last time I wanted to have the same amount of people join but not do as many or any one-on-one phone calls. And we did it. Like, yes, you we did. Filled, <laughs> we filled the group. I did a few like group live sessions and I think maybe two mm-hmm. one-on-ones and we filled the group, which is Incredible. a huge accomplishment going yeah. from, you know, you have a lot of control over what people are getting when you're one-on-one. You don't 
yeah. necessarily yeah. have. I mean, I think you can, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably do have the same control, like with a sales page or with your website, with the words that are there and what you want people to know. One of those things is overcoming, like understanding and overcoming the client's objections ahead of time. What would you say about overcoming objections, like in the written word for like on your website or in a sales page or in emails, like client communication? So the first thing that requires is, again, thinking from your best fit client's perspective and meeting them in their mind. So asking yourself, what are the reasons or excuses I sometimes hear that people use to delay booking or to delay rebooking or whatever that is? There might also be questions that you've never been asked before, but if you can really put yourself in that position of someone who wants to try this new modality or wants to go for something and get a result that they haven't got in anything else that they've tried yet, like if you can really put yourself in that position and ask yourself, like, what would I be hesitant about? Like, what would I be a bit nervous about or uncertain about? And list those things out. And that is what's going to help you really meet your best fit client in their mind. Once you know what those hesitations are, you can address them proactively. So it doesn't mean you necessarily need to throw it all under an FAQ section, but you can use that to think, okay, well, I know that my best fit client might be wondering, how is this different to seeing a massage therapist? Like, do anything different at the start of the session? If that was something that most of your best fit clients wondering or hesitant, whether they say it out loud or whether it's just one of those like unconscious things they're nervous about, then that might be something that shows up on your homepage or the about page or like you address it head on in terms of like when you rock up for your first session, this is what's going to happen. And so you give your best fit client that certainty and safety ahead of time. And that's what's going to save you from having to have those long phone conversations or or have so many people out there who are really close to deciding to book those sessions with you, but it's just that uncertainty and unsafety or discomfort that that's holding them back at the moment. That's so good. So for everybody listening, just taking the time to brainstorm like, okay, what would be my hesitations when I go in to do something new? When I first came to MFR, what were the questions I had, right? just making a list and then answering those questions. Like, how do you answer it? How do you create that safety for your clients? I think some common objections for people looking for MFR therapy or looking to get out of pain is not enough time, not Mm -hmm. enough money, and they aren't really sure that they're going to get the results that are being offered. So as long as we can spot those and we're willing to call them out, like just head on, like, or you're afraid you're not going to make enough time for this or or whatever, or you're going to not prioritize this, like asking the hard questions right from the beginning Mm -hmm. and educating those clients as they first land on your website, second schedule with you and third, come into your office. Cause likely they're going to be carrying these questions with them. Yeah, totally. And I love that example of like, you know, the, the time objection, because that's something you can do really proactively on your website. Like you might treat patients for a variety of different things, but if there's a really kind of common thing that you treat or you you have examples of lots of different ones you can proactively state on your website like 
when you book MFR, like here's all the ways you're saving time. Like mm. what what are all the areas of, of your client's life that they're going to be saving time because they're not dealing with this pain or this, that, or they're not, you know, struggling through this thing with their bad hip or they don't have to spend hours lying down with their sore back and actually yeah. proactively pointing out to them and, and making it easy for their brain to realize or to counter that existing reason or excuse in their brain to hold off because they don't have time. That's so good. Or, you know, like the money objection. Well, how much does it cost you to miss work all the time because you have migraines or because you can't sit at your desk anymore because your low back pain is so, so bad. People don't always see that, that that's actually costing them money. And yes, you're going to pay money Mm. to feel better, but then you're not going to miss work and you're going to, you know, be able to work even harder or stay longer do do go on the trip you wanted to go on, create what you wanted to create. So it's important to be able and willing to talk about these things upfront with clients. That's it. Because the thing is like, if you're hearing this and you're like, oh gosh, but I don't want to be talking at them kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's from the experience of your best fit client who's walking around and actually, again, from that place of empathy, like they're experiencing these pains or struggles. And their mind is also being its very human protective self of trying to keep them safe and to hesitate on doing something new and different. And all of those things, when you do take that time to meet them in their mind and to make it easy for their brain to kind of like have that counter argument or to have that new perspective or that reframe or that clearer way of thinking about things, when you make it easy for their brain to access that clearer way of thinking about things like that is being of service like that's something that's you know an extension to the way you're of service to them as an MFR therapist I think it's so powerful and I love that idea of making things easy and clear and that can extend across so many things in an MFR business not to mention just like your website your scheduling process what you say to people in the written word, it just, it can help so much and be the difference between someone landing on your website and booking someone landing there and then clicking off because they're confused. Like they're not really sure what you do. Cause yeah. this is another like error I see is <laughs> like people are doing MFR and Reiki and yoga and physical therapy. And they have like some other thing that they're doing and there's no like clear path for like the mm. person to decide, like make a decision because Maybe there's a bunch of different price points and a bunch of different yeah, options. So great that you, you brought that up because another part of our human nature and the way our human brains work is that like as soon as there's more than two or three options, so that, that, that if all you do is offer MFR rather than like MFR and physiotherapy and Reiki and yoga and all those things, even if you have like 10 different packages for MFR, like you can get a single session or you can get this many months or this many sessions or whatever, that's still like extra processing for our human brains and our human brains like want nothing more than to be really efficient. And the easier you make it for someone else's brain to make a decision and to like interpret information in a way that's like helpful for that person the easier you're going to make it for them to feel safe and confident and excited to actually make a decision that day rather than later down the track in a few months time, once they have time to call you, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. That's so true. Like I always buy shampoo from this one website. (laughs) 
and I like, I purposefully order a lot of shampoo and conditioner so that I don't have to go there very often because even though I know what I like, there's so many options. Right. It will take me two to three weeks to actually order again. So like I get to the point where I'm almost out of everything before I will actually make the decision. And it just occurred to me, it's because there's too many choices right. and I'm afraid I'm going to do it wrong. Right. Yeah, your brain's like and conditioner, everybody. <laughs> yeah. like, so yeah. <laughs> your brain's like, oh, what am I missing out on if I choose this one instead of that one? Yeah. You know, when you keep it to only a few options, then you can make it really clear of like, this is what this one, this option has and this one mm-hmm. doesn't. And again, it's just less effort and less energy for your best fit client to have to exert in order to get what they want, which is the results of your MFR therapy. So, Would you have like a tip or trick you would like to share, like for someone that's just starting to think about their best fit client and how they can start talking to them right now today? Yes. My trick would be to look at your notes or to take notes the next time you have that initial session with a new client. And when you ask them what they're struggling with, what, you know, why they decided to get MFR therapy, and then like actually do your best to write down the words they use, the phrases they use, or that that sentence, like you don't need to have everything they share with you written down, but to remember the way that they've explained it with their you know, in that human conversational way with the level of specificity that they've used. And in marketing speak, the words that your clients use to talk about their problems, their desires, the results they want, things like that. That's called VOC data, which is actually short for voice of customer, but I call it voice of client. Mm -hmm. And that voice, that VOC is something that you can then use and, and repurpose and reflect in your on your website, in a social media post, even in like your marketing materials that you might have at your practice. If that's how someone who's representative of your best fit client talks about and thinks about what they want, what they're struggling with, why they chose, why they decided on MFR, then you can bet that there's other people out there that that's going to resonate with. And because they're reading it in that really human conversational way and with the specifics and stuff that that person's used, that is what, what's going to help someone be like, oh, this is for me. Like this is talking to me. Like this Mm -hmm. person gets me because this is exactly what's going through my brain too. So good. So you guys like start trying that out. (laughs) Do it. And like, if you have intake forms, I don't know what your process is there, but capture that. It's so powerful. Yeah. So maybe even specifically ask them some more detailed questions to get the answers to some of this, to be able to speak to it even, even better. Yeah. I love that idea. What would you say is like an easy mistake people make when they are communicating with their clients and like, say they're not like getting clients to come back in or something like, is there some sort of like typical mistake that you would see happening? Let me think. I think it could be easy to fall into the trap of thinking what you like the progress or changes that you're recognizing from your point of view as a therapist can be so valuable to reflect that back to your client, to your patient, and to even ask them at the start of their sessions when they're returning and things like that. What changes, if any, they've noticed since the previous one and things like that to help them 
number one, realize the benefits they are getting. But number two, help them feel seen and heard and understood if there's still this gap here or like this thing is improving, but I'm still noticing this isn't great. And the really powerful thing about that is that conversation, that communication is a way for your client to feel really seen and heard and understood. And that safety and trust is such an important part of that ongoing relationship, not just showing up and and getting the, the amazing results that the modality offers, that your therapy offers, but that sense of safety and trust and feeling like, oh, hey, like this person really gets me and and I can trust them no matter how long this journey is and how long I'm seeing them for, because we're on the same page and mm-hmm. and they get me. It's really important. Yeah, that's so good. And I think too, once somebody finds an MFR therapist and it clicks and they really understand fully what they're going to, what's possible for them with that, it might be the very first time medically they've felt seen and heard and had a sense of of safety around the hope that they can have the result that they're there for, which is really incredible. Yeah. That's so, so powerful and like never underestimate the impact of that for your client. Like that's Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, that empathy piece, like what would that be like to be on the receiving end of that after going Mm -hmm. through so much struggle to find a solution? So kind of changing gears, maybe a little bit, I'm not sure how to, my brain is like, I just want to like get everything out of your brain because it's so valuable. (laughs) So I'm like, okay, Okay. so I know that this, like we talk about this a lot as coaches, we talk about like not doing coach speak and not using words that are not like typical human words. Right. Like, yeah. (laughs) And I think the same is true for MFR therapists. I see a lot of people posting about fascia and piezoelectric responses and talking in a way that instead of actually explaining the benefit of MFR or like physio, like it's okay to explain physiological things that happen through MFR, but I don't think that clients really care about that. I think they care more about what are they going to get? And I see this as like a hard thing for MFR therapists to understand the difference between like posting a picture of like the skeleton with like this, these fascial restrictions all Mm -hmm. over them and someone wanting to buy that. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So So they're like, what the hell? (laughs) My my first thought is I'm like aware of my nerdy science background. That's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I would love to see those pictures and hear those things, but I'm not necessarily (laughs) representative of everyone considering MFR, right? But but I think maybe the first step before going like cold turkey on on sharing the scientific stuff and behind modality is if you are sharing things about, could you, what's one of the terms you just used? Okay. So piezoelectric response. Piezoelectrical response. Yeah. Amazing. Interleukins. (laughs) Interleukins. I did. I heard this word this morning and I was like, yes, I can remember this word. So if you are sharing about interleukins, then a phrase that might be good to keep in mind or a segue to keep in mind could be something like something to do with interleukins followed by which just means like which just means and then followed by what does that mean for you? Like this happens with interleukins because of MFR. What's the result and benefit for you? Like for for your client, for your reader. Mm-hmm. And yeah, again, instead just of bringing just it going back to off. them and their results. Yeah. yeah. Getting caught up in the. In so the it's like you could say MF myofascial release is going to cause a piezoelectric response. And that means X, Y, and Z for your body. 
Yeah. And interleukins are going to be excreted into the areas exactly where they need them, which is going to cause a decrease in inflammation, a decrease in cancer cells, like all of these things that happen with certain interleukins. So you can say it, but then follow it up what that means. Yes. Like on a human level. On a human level and do your best to include the word you and your in that follow-up sentence. Because when someone's reading about this or they're on your website or seeing this post or reading an email or however you communicate with potential clients, they're not just interested in hearing about it and hearing results in a general sense. Like the word you and your reminds them that you're speaking to them. Like this is relevant to them. And so if excreting interleukins means like your energy levels are going to change, like use that your word, use that you word, because again, that's reminding your reader that this is not you speaking to an auditorium full of people. This is you forming a real human connection with them. Ooh, so good. So basically, whenever they write anything to their audience, pretend they're having a one-on-one conversation with one human. So have, have somebody in mind. Yeah, that is, if you take nothing else from this episode, mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, one human <laughs> at a time. So powerful. One human at a time. And because the truth of it is like, even if 100 people or 200 people or 50 people see your post or whatever, we're not reading it as a group. Like we read stuff one at a time. <laughs> like it's yeah. just me on the other side of my screen. And our human brains are really good at counting ourselves out. So as soon as it kind of falls into lectury mode, when we're hearing these things that might sound interesting or, or our brain's like, oh yeah, that could be relevant. Unless there's that language there to remind us like, no, this is about you. I'm talking to you. This is relevant to you. Then my brain's just going to be like, oh, that's nice, but not super relevant, not super important. Let's direct my energy towards this other thing instead. Because again, a human brain, so energy efficient. Yeah. So really watch the tone too. Like, are you lecturing? Are you talking like at someone? Are you talking to them? Are you solving a problem or are you making them feel bad for having the problem? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's this great tip that I learned from one of my copywriting mentors from years ago. And she talks about it in terms of emails, but she talked about this concept. Like if you're writing an email, then it should feel like you're writing an email to a bestie. You're using the same kind of language. It doesn't sound any more stilted or unnatural because Mm -hmm. when you read it back, you're like, oh yeah, I could send that to my bestie and it wouldn't feel off or robotic or professional out of place. Professional. Yeah. Stay away from that. (laughs) Yeah. And nobody wants to read a sterile email. No, we don't. We just want you. Yeah. Human to human. So good. So everybody like your clients just want you. They want you as the human and they want to know that you can help them. That's like, let it be that simple. They want you as the human and they want to know that you can help them. And that's it. Like that's That's it. The end of the day, where do they schedule? (laughs) Yeah. Where's the link? (laughs) Where's the link? Okay. I'm curious, like, how did you get into this and like, especially like, how did you become a copywriting coach? How did I get into it? So many years ago, I was teaching English in Japan. I had some pretty cool opportunities with that. Like I got to do some editing for a big Japanese university and, and then I got into 
like blog writing and getting paid for that and things things like that it had to do with I guess editing and words and blogs and stuff. And when I came back to Australia, I continued with the editing side of things, but my brain could also see how things could have just been written better to start with <laughs> or more persuasively or clearer or I found it very easy to put myself in the position of a person who that, you know, blog or or piece of writing was intended for. And at that point, I also realized that I wanted my own business because I live on a dairy farm with my partner and there's 450 cows and us and we live four hours away from the biggest city. And I didn't necessarily want an office job that I had to leave the farm for, even though I do come to my office in the local local town now. But all of this is to say, I put business and love for communication together. And that's how I got into copywriting. And then the coaching part came in because I also had this desire for the coaching side, but I didn't want to let go of the copywriting stuff for the coaching stuff. And at that point, I had this sense that the two could come together somehow. I didn't know how. And then I just kept going with it. And yeah, started working with people who wanted to improve their copy. And there's a set of skills that come with that. And there's also like the mindset side and understanding of, of that stuff too. So that's, yes. that's how I started getting into it. Well, it's so genius because like you said, there's this mindset piece too. And I, I've taken your course before and there was this part where, you know, if you're writing your copy to your client while you're thinking you suck and you're not going to help your client, it's, yes. there's going to be a, you know, a fishy flavor it's in there. People can smell it from a mile away. Like you can have all the technical marketing skills of the thirties at a marketing agency. I don't know. But if your thoughts and your mindset is not in that place where it is focused on your best fit client, that person who who wants your help, who wants the results that your MFR offers, mm -hmm. then that's when it's going to feel off and it might have all the technical marketings of like, quote unquote, perfect copywriting, but it's not going to be effective. It's not going to be resonant and people aren't going to get what they need to feel that safety and confidence and excitement to decide. I think it makes everything harder too. Like it just, everything yeah. we do can have this like ease and fun to it. And I think even yes. like it was just so valuable to have you as my copywriting coach, because I think out of anybody else, you were like, how much time have you spent feeling proud of your result? <laughs> right. And I'm like, oh, well, I didn't get my bonus result. Like I didn't get the impossible goal impossible result. Goal. So yeah. therefore none of it counts. Right. And you're yeah. Like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. Suspicious. I, I wonder what it will be like when you reach your impossible goal and your brain changes the marker again. <laughs> yeah, it's ne never going to be good enough, folks. So you might as well like start being proud. Like, pr and it really is something like you have to practice doing. I see this with my clients all the time. You know, they open. There's ex excitement to open their practice, and then mm -hmm. then there's this disappointment because they're not fully booked in the first week or the first month or the first six months yeah. of their practice. Yeah. But like the underlying thought behind that is it's either the flavor of nobody wants, what I have, I don't mm -hmm. know enough people, this isn't going to work out for me, or I know I'm going to have to go back to this job that I didn't want to have to go back yeah. to. <laughs> so yeah, that, 
Yeah. That and all of that disappointment. And all of that is yeah. so coachable and just like not necessary. Like it's just, it's optional to think those things and to stay in that. And it's also optional to work on your brain and your mindset on purpose to create the result that you want. Doesn't mean you just think it and it happens. It means you really put the work in to create it. Yeah. Cause it's not easy to, you know, spend time with our brains and to rewire those default pathways, but it's so worth it. I know you know this because of the work you do with your clients, right? Like, like even I was listening to an episode of yours on raising rates and it's, that's a great example, right? Like you could on paper, just double your rate. And then this is the math of it, but it's the, it's all of the coaching that has all the value because that's what allows you to, to get to the place where you're able to raise your rate without running to the bathroom to vomit every time someone asks you what the price is, right? Yeah. Like to actually back that rate and to, to feel good about your work and how you, you serve your clients and, and charging that amount, like all of that is where the coaching part comes in. And it's so important. It keeps us from being stuck in this. I mean, like I was really miserable until we had our call like a week or two ago. And then I was like, oh, everything I'm doing is completely optional. Like the way I'm thinking about this completely optional. And I think just having someone else show you that, and you had nothing to lose Mm. by telling me that, right. And nothing to gain really, other than to help me see my own brain. And that's the beauty of a coach. Like you aren't able to do it for yourself all the time. Like there's so, so much you can do in self-coaching, but like having someone else call it out for what it is and how Mm -hmm. quickly you can move through that once you see what is happening, how you're thinking and how that's creating the, your own misery. So that's it. Invaluable. And I think of when something has the option to be easier or quicker or more enjoyable for you. Like if you know you're still going to end up at the same place eventually, but there is this route you can take where it's easier, more enjoyable, more satisfying. Like, why wouldn't you take that route? And that's that's what I think the value of coaching is. So many of us, like you said, like, sure, you could have self-coached on, on that stuff and, and gotten to the same place eventually. Maybe it would have been the same week. Maybe it would have been a month later or six months later, whenever you would have gotten there. But the gift you give to yourself when you let things be easier, more enjoyable to receive that support in the same way that your clients, like your MFR clients are saying yes to getting through life with more enjoyment and with more ease because they're not struggling with this thing. Like it's so similar, yeah. right? Yeah. And the MFR therapists have to perform and think like coaches in a way that I don't know that they see themselves yeah. as Yeah, for those clients that get a minimum result and come in and they want to do it on their own. Like, well, I mm. should like X amount of weeks have gone by. I should be able to do this on my own. And we all do that. Like, I'm like, I should be able to do this without a coach. Right. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) I can totally do it without a coach. Just like the client seeing an MFR therapist could totally go and do self-treatment. But what is the difference when you have someone else's hands on you, when you have someone else looking at your brain, like it's a totally different experience. And overall, I think that the result is better when you have an MFR therapist actually hands-on treating you. And I do think the result is better when you have an outside, a coach outside of yourself showing you your brain. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. I agree with you. (laughs) Thank you, Mish. You can continue on my podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm a nerd. Okay. So 
Is there anything else you would say to people that are starting to think, okay, I have all this stuff done. Like I have my website done and I send out emails every so often and I post on social media. Maybe they don't think that they're doing anything like they can't improve. Like, what would you say to those people that maybe have never even thought about looking at their copy to change it in any way? Well, number one, I'm going to share really kind of pragmatic, practical tips here because I love the mindset stuff, but also like the gloriousness of copy is that it's words on paper or a screen. And so we get to talk in really practical terms, but read, if you're not already, like read it out loud before you hit send on that email before you hit post. And all of these tips, uh, don't follow them from a perfectionist point of view, but again, from that place of being in service to your best fit client who wants to make a decision and, or who wants at the least to get a result or shift or change from their current experience. So reading what you you've written out loud before you hit send will help you see where that sentence is a bit confusing or just difficult to read because again, our brains are going to skip over that or not spend the time trying to understand it. The other kind of practical tip there is if you are using general concepts like your life will be easier with MFR, then actually get specific and clear about how it will be easier. And if you're wondering how to get specific about something like concepts like that, ask yourself, what would it look like if you had to represent that in a movie scene? Like if movie director was looking over the script, what would an easier life with MFR look like? Or what would more energy actually look like for your best fit client? That's so good. Those are my top two. Okay. Yeah. Everybody go out and look at, like, look at the words you have on your website. What about them is ambiguous and like what about it can you explain even more like this concept of having more energy like what do you get from more energy like what what yeah. does that even mean and yeah. really just start to define that and i think you're going to see really quickly more people booking with you more people coming in understanding what is possible for them and asking for those things directly from exactly. you which just makes exactly. your job even easier because when you are communicating to a client what's possible for them and they understand what's possible for them, they're going to go in and they're going to ask for that possibility. And then you're going to know yes. exactly what goal they have. <laughs> There's going to be yes. no questions. It's just a beautiful cycle. <laughs> and when you're questioning what someone's goal is, ask more questions. Just be curious and don't be afraid that that's going to turn them off or that you should know it ahead of time. You don't know. Maybe you forgot. Maybe you've blended some clients together and you just can't remember. It never hurts to ask. It's hurting nobody. Never. Just like if a surgeon was going to operate on me and they couldn't remember if it was my left (laughs) or my right ankle that needed to come off, I would just hope they'd ask me. Yeah. (laughs) Just like, let's just make sure it's clear in your mind. And there's, and also from your client's perspective, they're not thinking like, oh, you're not paying enough attention. They're thinking, oh, that's so great that you care enough to ask again and that I get the chance to talk about my goal again and to re-decide, you know, is this well, I'm guessing that for the most part, the goals do stay the same, but maybe there's actually like, this is fine for me right now, but I'm, I'm noticing mm-hmm. this. So it's yeah. or maybe they service. met their goal and now they didn't even know that they need yeah. to pick a new one. Yeah. I love yeah. That. So good. So good. Well, I'm so grateful that you were on today's episode and I'm looking forward to just seeing how the class that you're going to teach turns out That's for sweet. the people in my group who are just going to love it. <laughs> Yay. I'm so so excited. Yeah. So good.
So for anyone listening that would like to follow Mish or learn more about her, the best place to go would be your website, right? Yeah. And that's yep. um, mishgrixty.com, M-I-I-S-H-G-R-I-X-T-I.com. And then are you also on social media? I'm also on Instagram. So the same, the same name at Mish Grixty. Okay. Or one word. Awesome. Yeah. And her there, you guys. And she has a beautiful accent. I should just talk to you all day. (laughs) Just love listening to you talk and the words that come out of your mouth because they're so valuable. And you have a way of delivering things where it just lands so perfectly. (laughs) It's so easy to understand and then put it into action. So I'm going to recommend that people re-listen to this episode as many times as it takes for you to see where you are not, where you have blind spots in your copy and blind spots in how you communicate to your clients. It's going to be invaluable. So do it. Do it. Thanks. <laughs> do it. Do it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Mish. Thank you. Um, Thanks for having me. So much fun. All right. We'll see you all next time on another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at the MFR coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.